Hello and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you today on this Thursday, January the 7th of 2021. Along with my brothers, Brother Marty and Brother Fernando, it is always a pleasure and an honor uh, to come before you and be able to study the Word of God. Uh, yesterday was a day like no other, and uh, we are going to be discussing some things today, and we consider it to be such an important day as we speak on the aftermath and 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 of what took place and what we saw with our eyes in our nation. So I want to give ample time to the discussion and what we're going to be uh, speaking today, and I believe it's a word from the Lord. And uh, we just pray that today you, you come ready, your heart's open, uh, put everything aside and focus and listen to what God wants to say today. God wants to speak in this hour through his servants. We need to be ready and hear what God wants to say to us today. So we welcome you wherever you're tuning in from, and thank you for spending this time with us uh, as we discuss these things. So Brother Marty, we'll give it to you. Uh, to share what God has placed in your heart as we uh, examine and study the Word of God. Wow. <clears throat> well, praise the Lord. It's good to be back again today. Uh, as those of you who have been following uh, throughout the last uh, several months, uh, we spoke to you the other day as we took yesterday off in order to witness history. That's exactly what we saw. Uh, the Lord had directed us by the Spirit to examine uh, what actually took place in the Garden of Gethsemane. In the last podcast that we did, we talked about uh, Peter, who drew his sword, and the Lord told him to put away that sword. We gave you a word of warning of what was coming. Uh, we talked about, um, you, know, <laughs> you know, the understanding of, of, of the people who are trying very, uh, you know, with all their, their heart and mind and desire uh, to witness or to at least attain what they perceive to be justice in the land. <clears throat> but, you know, what we've been seeing really over the last year uh, is truly as we believe the Lord has directed us to, to boldly proclaim, these are uh, prophetic moments of history. I think one of the most difficult things for people to understand because we're born at specific times, we, we die in a matter of several decades. If we're fortunate, we live into our 80s, 90s for some people. But but really, we come onto the scene and the stage of, of, of history at different times. And so most people have a difficult time understanding the bigger picture and the unfolding and the transpiring of the word of Almighty God. We, we we come on the scene in, in the middle of a flow uh, of history. And so one of the most difficult things that I have found in my experience in the things of the Lord is, is that people have a difficult understanding or a difficult time understanding uh, the overall view, almost as if you're taken above the scene and able to look at things correctly from beginning to end as you're guided by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. That's a very difficult thing for many, many people. Uh, primarily because we do have a beginning. But God doesn't view things in that way. As we've spoken many, many times, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. 
Prophet Isaiah told us is that uh, to understand them correctly, we need to apply uh, the key of unlocking Scripture and how God speaks, and that is he declares the end of all things from the beginning, and that requires diligent study, prayer, and seeking the Lord, and, uh, and, and, and seeking his guidance, seeking his direction. And he gives you understanding of the times. And so many of the things that we've shared are not, you know, things that, that we take joy or pleasure in. Uh, if we find joy, it is in knowing that we're hearing the voice of the Lord, for which we honestly and unequivocally and unashamedly say we believe we are. Not because we're anything greater than any other people, but simply because it is the time that the Lord is speaking. And that voice is not exclusive. It's made available to anyone who will listen. And so now we come to it. Here we are. Uh, many of you uh, who saw the news yesterday saw what actually happened in Washington, D.C. I woke up with a sense in my spirit this morning, of, of as the Lord woke me, uh, of a great sadness, almost as if I could mm -hmm. feel the collective uh, disillusionment, the fear, the anxiety, uh, the confusion, all of it uh, rolling through my spirit, um, and I know that what we what we are doing is is uh, is is very much uh, just a small part, but yet, um, but 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 a part nonetheless. And so that's what we're going to seek today. We're gonna we're gonna go into the Word. We're gonna believe uh, God to assist us. We're entering into a new level, brothers and sisters. And uh, this is going to require that we get uh, very serious about what we claim to believe. If you haven't been seeking God uh, to this point, um, <laughs> I suggest you get to it. Uh, all of us, all of us are going to uh, come up under something here very quickly um, that's going to necessitate serious people um, becoming very serious with the Lord uh, if you seek to uh, to preserve and to protect and to guide your families and those that you love. I'm not being melodramatic here. Uh, it, 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 <laughs> you know, if what you saw yesterday isn't dramatic enough, I don't know what to tell you. But it is our endeavor not to scare, not to be over dramatic, but, but simply to seek uh, what God is saying. And we believe we have the mind of the Spirit, which we always say, very humbly so, and, and in much fear and trembling. So. I'm going to begin today's study as the Lord directed me uh, today, and uh, I'm going to have Brother Jeremy, if you would, please turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 18, and we'll begin from there. Those of you who have the scriptures with you or your Bible apps or whatever, we're going to read two scriptures, and then we'll get into our study. Um, from, from there, Brother Jeremy, I want you to turn over to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 10, and that's really where we'll begin to discuss. We'll return back to these two scriptures we're going to read as we conclude, we're going to tell you some things that we believe actually happened and uh, and where we go from this point on. So, Brother Jeremy, as we begin today in the Revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 18, verse 1 and 2, we ask the blessing, the anointing, and the grace of Almighty God in Jesus' name. Brother Jeremy. Amen. And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. 
And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Amen. Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. Brother Jeremy, would you turn over to Jeremiah chapter 10, please? Whether we realize it in its totality or not, I believe the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to my heart and telling me that that America is that land where the Spirit of Babylon came to rest. And what we've been witnessing over the last several years, really several decades, has been the struggle over this country. Um she emerged out of World War II with great power and became that that preeminent nation on the face of the earth. In her inception and her founding, it was people that were seeking the Lord, even in her brilliant leaders at the beginning of the Revolutionary War, the, the, the signing of the Constitution of the United States. How, whatever narrative you want to apply to the founding fathers, there is one thing that cannot be denied. They spoke of being endowed with certain inalienable rights by our creator. That is to the, the right to, the, to life and liberty and, and the pursuit of happiness. They called upon Almighty God to bless them. The, many of you can go to the accounts of different books that have been written in history itself. When George Washington was sworn in as the first president of the United States, it was from uh, Manhattan or New York City that that occurred at Federal Hall. <laughs> Ironically so, but not without note, the exact place that would later become uh, what we call now uh, Ground Zero, where the two towers once stood. That same parcel of land right there is where the nation was born. So it is not without note that when we go back to September 11, 2001, and the two towers came down, the Pentagon itself being struck, the whole world began to change at that very moment as we entered into the 21st century. But when Washington took the oath of office, he then led a contingent of, of leaders, congressmen, senators, the leaders of the day, so to speak, over to a small church that, that is, is still there today. It's called Trinity Church. And it was from there that he offered a great prayer to God, calling upon the Lord God Almighty to bless the nation. And, and in effect, made a spiritual covenant with God. America's founders, many of them, and, and many of the early saints of God that crossed the sea and came and, and began to forge this land, um, basically asked God to, to bless the nation and, and to give it a great, uh, you know, protection from his spirit, so forth and so on. And in many of them believed that America itself had become the new Israel, the new promised land. Um, that's that's their belief. I, 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 you know, I'm not going to get into that today other than to say uh, that the nation made a covenant with God. When you read the history of the Bible and, and you consider that that is precisely what happened to, to the Jewish state, Israel, the 12 tribes, a covenant was made between them and God. And when we are encouraged and admonished by the great holy apostles to go back and study the prophets and to study the history of the land of, of Israel and how they were blessed above all nations, 
became basically the the caretakers and the purveyors of uh, of the oracles of God, and they were meant originally to be a a, a city of light, Jerusalem as its capital. And, and God, if you read in the book of, of Exodus and, and in the Torah itself and Deuteronomy, when Moses spoke of what the intent that God had for the people was that they were to be a, a, a nation of kings and priests, incredibly blessed, and take the gospel of the one true and living God to the heathen nations of the world. They utterly failed miserably in this because primarily of their shepherds, their pastors, and, and their, their, their royal courts, their priests, everything became corrupt. Once God blessed them to overflowing, just as Moses had predicted, they turned their back on God. And God, through a series of, of many, many centuries, really, continued to raise up prophets, continued to plead with them, and, and try to reach into their aristocracy, the ruling religious elite, even the man on the street from the top to the bottom. Once it reached the time of its ultimate judgment where they would be brought into captivity, it was precisely because both Israel and Judah had so compromised themselves that they were not uh, any more reachable. And even in the last days, in the last throes of its of its uh, kingdom, that is Judah, um, we went over this in the summer, uh, you know, Jeremiah points out that many false prophets had risen up, even in the face of what was an obvious act of the removing of the presence of God, which we saw when we examined Ezekiel, when we saw that Nebuchadnezzar came down and took an initial captivity over to Babylon. Even then, there was an 11-year period that, that remained that continued to witness the decline in the face of what was obvious judgment falling upon the land. Yet they hearkened not to the voice of the prophets that were warning them, even then as God was extending his hand of grace toward them, uh, they, they continued to, to harden themselves, and they moved in the direction, as Isaiah would say, where they would tell, uh, basically, their religious leaders, preach to us, you know, happy messages, you know, remove the, in their mind, stringent holiness of the Lord from before our eyes. As a matter of fact, take God away from our eyes, because really, we don't want anything to remind us of, of the condition we're in. We'd rather play a religious game. That's really where they ended up. And then by the time that Jeremiah was there, you had false prophets that at one time had, had, had seemed to be somewhat, you know, they had a reputation for being prophets. They rose up schools of prophets and priests around them. I'm speaking of Hananiah, the false prophet, that even though they were just uh, about two years away from ultimate destruction at that point, uh, I might have a few years, give or take there, uh, off the top of my head here, but uh, Hananiah was telling them, which is absolutely absurd if you think about it, because what he was telling them was that don't pay any attention to the captivity, don't pay any attention to what's happened, because the truth of the matter is we're right on the threshold of a great awakening, a great revival. You know, everything's going to be recovered. Judah's going to be great again. Sounds very familiar. But nonetheless, we go back to our country. The same scenario has played out here. This was a nation that had a covenant with God. No nation on the face of the earth has ever had the kind of freedom that we had and what what was the 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 primary the primary uh, you know characteristic of our nation was that it was a nation that held forth liberty and truth and justice and the very constitution itself is is the most extraordinary of documents it could not have been 
merely forged by the minds of men. Even Benjamin Franklin, when they were meeting at the Constitutional Congress, and they had reached an impasse over all the issues as they were trying to create a framework that would govern a nation going forth. They reached an impasse, and that old man, Benjamin Franklin, stood up and, and, and began to give one of the most greatest speeches you've ever heard to those that were gathered there. And we ain't got time to get in. I'd encourage you to go back and read that. But he basically began to go through the history of great global empires throughout the history of mankind. And he talked about those empires and how they had risen and fallen precisely because of their own uh, corruption that would ultimately lead to their rising and falling all across the, the landscape of history. And when he spoke to them concerning the United States of America, he said, how could we even attempt to forge a great empire if we don't seek divine providence? And so it was at that moment that history records that they prayed. And they asked God for divine intelligence, divine inspiration. Indeed, it came, and it became the Constitution of the United States. So contrary to the rewriters of history, the 1619 component of our time, um, this nation was founded seeking God, praying to God, and asking God to bless it. One of the most um, important things to remember about that is that when we ask God for something and he affirms that request with his blessing, we have entered into a covenant, a spiritual agreement, if you will, with, with the Almighty God. And, and that comes with uh, the, you know, the, 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 the law of God that is set forth. You do this, you're blessed. You do that, you're not. And ultimately, uh, to break that covenant, to turn our back on God, to uh, ridicule and become hardened to the dictates and really the demands of the gospel is to seal the fate of a nation, but not without consistent approach and consistent times of, of a combination of both blessing and judgment. Because if you study history, that's what you'll see in the scriptures. It's a combination. God will try and bless in the hopes that people's hearts will respond out of a great gratitude and return to him and thank him. When that doesn't work, he sends judgment. And, and there's a big difference between judgment and wrath, but he sends judgment nonetheless in the hopes that, that the chastisement of a nation would bring it back to God. And, and, and again, we're talking about God's interaction with those that claim to be his people. And this is a unique nation. How many times have you heard throughout history that we're called a Judeo-Christian nation? It's the combination of the, of the two. So to think that we could continue in the direction that we were headed over the last several decades, to think that we could continue to shake our fist in the face of God, to where the corruption at the highest levels of our government has reached such a state as to be absolutely without fear, of the ramifications of the evil and the serpent-like quality that has weaved its way through every single facet of the, you know, of the foundational structure of our country, of our churches, of our people. 
to think that we could persist in that ad infinitum in the face of the prophets he raised up earlier throughout the 20th century, pleading with the United States, and particularly those who claim to be his people, that if you don't turn back, if you don't repent, if you don't cry out to me and ask me to heal you, then your fate is sealed. It is not without note that as soon as 2020 hit, the whole world changed, and particularly this nation. And I don't need to go back and belabor the point of everything that we've seen since the beginning of January, but how many false prophets and those in the re religious ruling elite class, primarily the charismatic and Pentecostals in this nation, in their overfed, adulterous hearts, as they walked the halls of power and embraced someone and led the church to embrace someone or something, a mere man, and then wrapped themselves in a pseudo sense of false righteousness as if they should impose uh, their compromised ways upon a nation that they should have been preaching the gospel to and bringing to Christ. It reached its ultimate place of... of, of uh, of critical mass, a crisis of biblical proportions, of prophetic proportions. And it began with, with, with this plague, this, this pandemic that came across the seas. And even though we saw that pandemic making its way across the world and ultimately coming around February, early March to rest on the, on, on the shores of America, uh, we still didn't turn. We still didn't repent. Instead, we had a host of Hananiah's false prophets rising up from Copeland to Bethel and to all the other crazies in between the NRA, the New Apostolic Reformation, and, and its ungodly leaders, the megachurches, the Joel Osteens, the T.D. Jakes. Shall I go down the list of your sacred cows? Hmm. They're false. Right. All of them. False. Right. Hmm. Utterly false. And all their prophecies have fallen to the ground. That's what Jeremiah told Hananiah. Hey, man, you're saying this and that, and thus saith the Lord. But you know what? I turn to the Scripture. I look at the Scripture. And so let me tell you this. We opened up by reading Babylon is fallen, is fallen. We believe that spirit has fully now come to rest on this nation. And what we reached yesterday, what we saw yesterday, if you have eyes to see it, America fell yesterday. America as we have known it is no more. And what cometh right. is coming quickly. We'll go on. Any any comments, brother? I was yes. just uh I was thinking about the, the title of the last podcast, uh, which would have been uh Tuesday, right? Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. It was uh the march in Washington, put up thy sword. Uh, I, I think it was the Lord that, that had us titled that podcast that way. We we had no clue what would take place the next day in right. that, you know, you know, guns would be drawn at the most powerful place, you know, uh, in the planet concerning decision-making, you know, and to, you know, to see that, on live television, um, and and to see the reaction of the people, the reaction of the political leaders of this nation, and the self righteous 
their self-righteous speeches and, and continuing to go against God. That's what it's all about. It's not about a riot. It's not about a protest. Yeah, that's all a mess, but the, 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 the big issue here is what we've done with the word of God, with the law of God. Um, yes. I think, I think, and we've been saying it for some time now, and we knew it was coming, and we told the people to circle this date, June 6th, you know, as as a day yeah. that will live in infamy. And and yeah. uh, it's some, you know, they, they were telling us what was coming. And sure enough, it happened. And yeah. there is no way, brother, that we can go back to things as they used to be. Um, America, as you said it, as we know it, it's no more. It is no more. Amen. I mean, that's a sad thing to say, and that's that's kind of where I want to begin as we continue the, our discussion here today. Brother Jeremy, could you read to us, please, uh, Jeremiah chapter 10, uh, verse 19. Jeremiah experienced the same thing in his time. This is what he said to begin with. Verse 19. Woe is me for my hurt. My wound is grievous, but I said truly is a grief. Truly, this is a grief, and I must bear it. So, Jeremiah is lamenting what he was sensing, what he felt, because he knew what it, what was happening to his people. And, and he talks about uh, being overcome. He talks about a wound. It's a wound in the, in the spirit and, 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 and in his heart. And he said, this is a grief, right? But but then he goes on to say what we must understand now and what he understood. This is not something that I can overturn. He recognized what had actually happened to his nation, and he said, this is a grief, and I must now bear it. I must bear it. That is where we are, church. You're going to hear all kinds of things and all kinds of people creating all kinds of uh, hopeful, you know, rhetoric about, wow, we can still do this and wow, we can still do that. You don't get it. America has fallen. You need to wake up, church. It's now become a den of dragons. Right. But why? Why? We've been talking about it. But, but primarily this is why. Because of the iniquity and because of the sin of her spiritual leaders. See, Jeremiah said, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm completely under grief here. And, and if you don't have a sense today of sadness and grief and really a wound, that's what I was feeling this morning, well, then you haven't been seeking God. You don't really get it yet, but you're going to, and we're trying to warn you ahead of time so that you'll prepare for it because it's coming. It's here and it's going to accelerate incredibly quickly. It is the failure of her leaders. We have lost this country. I heard a brother say the other day, and I agree with it. We have lost this country, this blessed nation. God shed his grace on thee from sea to shining sea, right? Purple mountains, majesty, all that stuff we like to think. We have lost this country under the watch of this current crop of evil, backslidden, absolutely corrupt, Pentecostal, charismatic, and denominational leadership across the land. 
And listen to the lament of the Lord now in verse 20. Could you read that, Brother Jeremy? My tabernacle is spoiled and all my cords are broken. My children are gone forth of me and they are not. There is none to stretch forth my tent anymore and to set up my curtains. This is the lament of the Lord. This is the lament of God himself speaking through his servant, the great prophet Jeremiah. And he describes it as his house, his where he where he once resided by his spirit. He describes it as being spoiled or overrun, if you will. When he talks about his cords are broken, the, he's speaking... Uh, <laughs> Ah, how deep can we go here? But really, he's talking about the stretching out of the of the tent where God's presence dwells. There were cords that were attached to those curtains and dug into the ground, uh, and, and they were sure and strong. But now he says, I don't even have cords. They're absolutely snapped. So even if you wanted to set up a tent, I can't or we can't because they're broken. And as a result of that, my children are gone forth of me. He's talking about the blessed nation. He's talking about how they, they've been scattered and they are no more. If you think, I'm going to warn you right now, if you think that these churches are going to open up again, I'm encouraging you, you better not go back to those same old churches. It is that, it is that whole... That it's that whole establishment, you know, compromised worldly system that has caused the tabernacle to be torn down. Well, you're being awful right. dreary. Right. <laughs> right? You're mm-hmm. just, you know, woe is me, the sky is falling. Wake up, church. Open your eyes, for goodness sake. You know, what? what is up with these people? They are. Where are they now? They're they're incredibly silent. From the Pat Robertson who guaranteed that that the president would win on November third, to all the false, ridiculous, from Mark Taylor to to Paula White to uh, <laughs> shall I go down the list here, buddy? Maldonado. Where's all the other ones? Where was Samuel? Whatever Rodriguez. Where are these people now? What have they got to say now? Where where's where's Bethel in Redding, California? Where is Bill Johnson and his adulterous wife? Where are they? Where are these people? Where's the Copelands? Is he up there flying around in his $60 million Lear jet? What has he got to say now? Where are these people? Where are the Joyce Myers who took a whole generation of women and turned them into into absolute ridiculous expressions of false diviners? Where are Mm. these people? Yeah. Hmm? Where are the pastors holding Bible studies at the local bar to be relevant? Where are they now? Where's the Joel Osteen's? Let's let's hear one of your ah shucks inspirational messages now, you fool. What about you, Jake, marching around with BLM saying we got to like throw our hat? Are you insane? Mm-hmm. Where are you? I'm talking to the church. I'm not labeling any group out there. They are what they are. The heathen are the heathen. I'm not blaming no heathen. I'm not blaming any heathen. He said, there ain't nobody to stretch forth my curtain. Nobody. There's none, he said. None to stretch forth my tent anymore or to set up my curtain. 
And then he lays the blame right where it belongs in verse 21. Can you read that, Brother Jeremy? Yes. For the pastors are become brutish and have not sought the Lord. Therefore, they shall not prosper, and all their flocks shall be scattered. My goodness. Brutish. The pastors have become brutish. That word is very strong that Jeremiah is using there. And that's where we're, we're, we're replacing the blame right there. Well, who are you, Brother Marty? I thought you were a pre- I ain't no preacher, man. I'm just a man who studies the Bible. I'm just a brother. I'm a father to my children, a husband to my wife, a brother to my brethren. That's who I am. And, and, and that's all I ever want to be. But this is what I see the Lord saying. I am no I am no prophet. I am no seer. I'm just the son of a garment industry worker. That's what I am. But I tell you what, he said the pastors, the real the ones that walk around handing out cards, <clears throat> you know, parking in special spots in the front of the church, the clergy. <laughs> he says that you know what the word brutish means? It's to be stupid. The pastors are stupid. That's what Jeremiah said. They're stupid, and not only that, they're dull-hearted. They're unreceptive. And then he says, he likened them, this is what this word means, to be like an animal that just feeds and grazes. They are lazy. That's what he said. They became used to the, the titles. They became used to the benefits. They became stupid, brutish, dull-hearted unreceptive unreceptive to what the moving of the spirit to seek god that's why he goes on to say they're they're brutish and they have not sought the lord the word sought it means to pursue god do you know what it is to pursue god do you really it means to search for god why don't you have any answers you haven't been searching to seek God, to ask God. That's what the word sought means, to diligently inquire of God. Have you been diligently inquiring of God, pastor, preacher, husband, father, grandfather, uncle, brother? Let's be, let's be brutally honest here. Have you frequented the place of prayer? Or are you like that lazy animal in the field just grazing and under under up underneath all the benefits that God has given you and become dull hearted? You have no answers and you haven't for a long time. You frequent a place. Don't tell me you're a servant of God when you neglect to seek him and ask him for answers to guide his people let alone your family, your communities, or a nation. They're brutish. They haven't sought the Lord. That's what he said. Well, they've sought everything out. They can give you the whole box score of, of, of the L.A. Dodgers. They can tell you the wins and the losses of their favorite football team. They can even go down the draft board and tell you who's coming on, who's going off. They'll talk to you about the latest contract that LeBron James signed or go on and on and on. They'll tell you about the latest movie. They'll tell you about the latest book they maybe read, probably audio book because they're too lazy to read, from some false prophet that says, you know, it's all going to be great. We're going to have this great awakening. 
They'll tell you about a whole bunch of other things. But you ask them, what does God say? <laughs> they have no answers. Why? Because they long ago let go of of that holy and sacred and most privileged right of falling on their face, on their knees before God, and seeking him diligently. No, they came into pastures that had already been well-developed by the true saints of God that went before them. It created to them a generation of opportunity for the gospel. Instead, they looked at the golden ring and grasped it and were seduced by the serpent that caused them to fall asleep fat and become absolutely useless, totally useless. They bear no fruit. They have nothing to say. But here we are. They have no answer. The result of all this is what we witnessed yesterday. This is what is here, brothers and sisters. Verse 22, Brother Jeremy, would you read that? Behold, the noise of the brute, brute is come in a great commotion out of the north country to make the city, cities of Judah desolate and a den of dragons. So he lays the blame, and once you see, right, you see a tabernacle devoid of the presence of God and the people scattered. He then takes the case right to its spiritual leadership. He lays out the case, and I could spend a long time pressing down on that, but I don't want to make too many of you cry out there. So we'll just leave it at that and let the Spirit of God deal with you. But here we go, verse 22. He says, here's the result. Listen, he says, the noise of the bruit, the noise. That's what we saw yesterday. That's what we witnessed yesterday. The, the word noise means to call aloud, the sound. It's a proclamation. Something was being proclaimed yesterday, if you can hear it. Not just what you saw, but something was being said out loud, man. A proclamation was being made. The word bruit, the noise of the bruit is come. The word bruit means to report news. So in other words, something was being proclaimed that causes a response. The root word of the word bruit is shamim, shamam, shamam. It literally means this, to be stunned, to grow numb, to make desolate, to be an astonishment, to cause one's own self to become desolate and brought to ruin. That's what we saw yesterday. It caused many people to just be stunned at what they were seeing. Like Brother Fernando said, weapons were drawn in the sacred chambers of what was once a, a capital city whose halls were, were, were graced with righteous men and, 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 and decent people. Now overrun by the mob, really. And all of them scattering like roaches when the light is turned on, fleeing to their secret chambers as they were perpetrating a crime upon this once holy and blessed nation. Evil people. And what we saw was literally in the spirit bringing the final conclusion. America became desolate. America fell. He goes on to say, uh, it's the noise of the bruit has come and a great com commotion out of the north country. Let's break this down. That word great commotion, it comes from the word ra'ash. 
means a vibration, a troubling in the spirit, if you will. It's a commotion, but it's a vibratory commotion. In other words, the ramifications of what happened, uh, like, like sound waves, broke across the landscape of multiple dimensions yesterday. I don't think you just heard what I just said. That's what this word means. A commotion, a vibration, a quaking, a trembling, a confused noise, chaos. It reverberated. And ra'ash is the root word. It literally means to undulate which means to go from the ground to the sky, from the ground to the sky, from the ground to the sky. It's very symbolic. It's spiritual darkness, rising and falling, rising and falling. It has the idea of this massive wave that was taking place in the spirit, if you can see it, through fear, in the, in the sense, really, of like an emotional roller coaster, all of it designed to make afraid. That's literally what that great commotion means. But where's the origin of it? It's the North Country. The word North is a very profound word. It's the word Siphon. It literally means North or the hidden, dark, gloomy, or unknown country. The word country means Iraq, which literally can mean and does mean the whole earth. So what he was literally saying to this blessed nation of Judah that had happened to it, and what we are saying he is now saying to the United States, what happened broke something in the spirit yesterday, and a desolation has come. The origin of it is that hidden and most dark, gloomy place. This is satanic, the north itself, and it is going to have implications that have swept across the world. Its purpose is to make the cities of America desolate. In Jeremiah's case, he said the cities of Judah desolate. The word make means to, to bring it to its set or appointed time. And the word cities means the guarded places. So what he's literally saying is that what you are going to see is that what has ever been holding this back to this point, he says the set time has come and the cities or the guarded places no longer have defenses. In other words, spiritually speaking, the whole nation is, is about to be overrun and desolate, he goes on to say. The word desolate means devastation, astonishment, waste. It also means to be stunned, deflowered, appalled, and awestruck. And verse 22 says, and it also now means, and it has made way for it, to become a den of dragons. This happened because they rejected the Lord like Judah. The USA did the same thing yesterday. It became a den of dragons. The word den means, is from the Hebrew word ma'on. It means to become an abode, a lair for the jackal. That, that once was inhabited, 
this nation that once was inhabited by the Spirit of the Lord now has become an abode and a lair for jackals. Dragon literally means serpents or monsters, the demonic powers are in control. What we saw yesterday, what to expect going forward, let me tell you, Daniel chapter 7, would you turn there, Brother Jeremy, Daniel chapter 7, read to us verse 5, because the Lord told us this was coming a few weeks back. We talked about it. And behold, another beast, a second like to a bear, and it raised up itself on one side, and it had three ribs in the mouth of it, between the teeth of it. And they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. As we talked about in, in the previous podcast, we laid out several scenarios concerning, and that's just all they were, were scenarios. We talked about that and emphasized we weren't saying thus saith the Lord, but we gave you certain things to look at. It can go this way, it can go that way. But if it goes in the particular direction that we spend a lot of time on, and I encourage you to go back and listen to that series. It was a two-part series called Dominion. Uh, part one, we laid out the first scenario. Part two, we laid out the second scenario. Either way, I think in many measures, both scenarios have transpired in some ways. The spirit of the Antichrist has been moving. But in scenario one, we talked about the great storm that Daniel witnessed upon the sea. We talked about that king, that final king of Babylon, going quietly into the night, so to speak. He was overrun. The city was overtaken. That's what happened. The eagle's wings, which we told you represents the United States of America, were plucked. And all that would be left would be a man. And, 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 and that man's uh, reduction would be given over to the heart of wickedness. That is not a particular individual, but the spirit of Antichrist. The removing of the eagle's wings is preparatory for the one that's coming. And what Daniel saw here is what I believe is what we saw yesterday as well. The bear is here. We talked about Darius. If the pattern holds true, and now I'm not saying thus they have the Lord, but I am saying just on my own meditations what I think is now about to happen, this one named Biden is going to take the office. His reign will be very brief, and then a woman will ride the beast. That is a scenario. I think if the pattern holds true and history itself is our guide, that is quite possibly what we are going to see. Remember, Darius was simply a means to an end. He was a mead, and he only lasted one year or less. And then the actual bear-like component of the Persian Empire gave way, uh, took full control, and began to impose the law of the Medes and the Persians, global law that cannot be broken, cannot be altered. And we talked about Daniel 6 being a type of that, rea, uh, that, that transition from power toward what this is ultimately about, coming after the saints of the Most High God, both Jew and Christian Gentile. Daniel 7, what did we see yesterday? It's really what we're talking about is an incredible high level of warfare that took place. But again, in Daniel 7, 5, this beast, this bear, this component of, of global law, it talks about it raising itself on one side. We went at the, over that at length, but it literally means over a gradual period of time as Belshazzar's reign is coming to an end, this thing is rising. 
But when it finally deposes Belshazzar, which we believe is, is very much akin to what is happening to this current president, the final king of what was once uh, America before this event, is that it raises itself up. It has three ribs in its mouth. And, and, and what I really believe that symbolizes are the three institutions of the nation itself. The bear is allowed to take control of it, to devour it, and, and we see three ribs. I believe that's the executive branch, the, uh, the legislative branch, and, and, and either the military or the, or the, or the law-making part of uh, the judicial branch. But nonetheless, however you want to count it, it's three ribs. What's interesting is it's in the mouth. Uh, in the teeth of it, and then they say, who's they? The three ribs say to the bear, now rise and devour much flesh. In other words, have your way with this Babylonian territory. That's what was, that's what's happening right now to America. If you, if you, if you, if you actually have dug in and saw what happened yesterday as it transpired, and we're going to talk about that just for a second here, but you saw every single branch of the government turn its back on the people and give itself over to forces behind the scenes. This is far more than just stupid people being stupid. This is satanic, absolutely satanic. But that can only happen because it's been allowed to happen. And it's been allowed to happen because of those leaders and, and, and this whole compromised, backslidden, Laodicean age that has come to rest in what was once a beacon of hope and righteousness. This nation that sent missionaries and great preachers all over the world has become a harlot. Three ribs in the mouth of the bear. All the branches of government said, devour much flesh. Go ahead, you can have it. You can have it. That's what we witness, an incredible high level of warfare. Now, listen, I'm going to talk to you about something. This is what happened. Precise, now, think about what we saw yesterday. Precisely at the moment, precisely at the moment, if you were paying attention, precisely at the moment that evidence was about to be revealed in both chambers of Congress, the Senate and the Congress, the House of Representatives, precisely when the very first objection came, Arizona, and they then they broke up to go into their respective chambers and evidence was about to be laid out that would have totally unmasked what has actually happened. And the whole world would have heard it right at that moment, precisely when they were breaking up and going into the different chambers, <clears throat> the Senate and the representatives, what happened? The United States Capitol was invaded and that process where evidence was about to be brought forth, beginning with Arizona, of how the entire election of this country was a fraud and has been perpetrated upon this nation by forces outside the nation and within the nation. Right when it began, the Capitol was invaded and the process was stopped. The national media, almost as if they anticipated it, at least at the high levels of the editorial rooms where they make uh, policy as to what their, you know, their, their puppet actors called journalists step out in front of the cameras and begin to tell you what to think 
and they had their whole host of other, you know, backslidden congressmen and crazy people on the air telling us what an outrage this is and how horrible this is. Had they forgotten that this country began by a bunch of, uh, you know, revolutionaries that overthrew tyranny? How dare they tell us what's righteous and unrighteous? These are the most ungodly people you've ever seen. They're, they're the ribs in the mouth of the bear. I don't, I don't want to hear anything they have to say. But the national media immediately goes into action and begins to label the people as an as the entire people. There was almost a million people gathered there, well-meaning, sincere people who had gathered there, <laughs> and they labeled them all as insurrectionists. Are you paying attention? They're coming after you. And 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 <laughs> and then what happened? I read this morning, early this morning, <clears throat> there was a report a report from the Times of London that Vice President Mike Pence, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and the chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff, General Milley, all were meeting when that was going on, usurping the authority of the commander-in-chief, and they ordered the lockdown. They ordered the clearing of the Capitol, and they ordered the National Guard into Washington and set a 6 p.m. curfew through the mayor of Washington, D.C., and so the curfew was initiated. If you followed what happened yesterday and how quickly it happened, it paused the ability to lay forth the evidence. The national media immediately goes and does its ungodly antichrist thing and begins to proclaim everybody there as an insurrectionist. The vice president, that Judas, and Pelosi, that wicked woman from San Francisco, and that pseudo-Jew, Schumer, from New York City, and the corrupt military officials that are so into the military establishment that wants to continue to line its pockets with an unrestrained budget for the military-industrial complex ad infinitum. They're meeting in secret. A curfew is initiated. And then if you paid attention, all of a sudden, everybody leaves the Capitol. Everybody. So much for occupying. Interesting. So then what happens? A precious young girl was killed, by the way. A 12-year veteran of the United States Air Force was killed in the Capitol building. Much of that will probably be censored and cut out, but then what happened? <clears throat> Late that night, they all reconvened. They all went back into the congressional chambers. And, and it's just amazing to me. They began to give their pathetic speeches. And, and really what began to happen was the final plucking of the wings, in my opinion, occurred. As now, when they reconvened, no evidence was now allowed to come forth. They all were just so flabbergasted. Why even bother? Yes, let's just make this thing happen. So now what happened was that no evidence was allowed to be brought forth. And so while America's sleeping, they're meeting. And by the time you wake up, the treachery has been completed. Darius is on the throne. The three ribs allowed them to devour much flesh. Brothers and sisters, Babylon has fallen. 
is fallen and become the habitation of devils. And it has been a judgment that has been allowed to come upon the ungodly compromised churches and leadership in this Laodicean American church. The nation's been overrun. The revolution is complete. The coup has plucked the wings of the eagle. And the world is about to be plunged into the greatest darkness. Wasn't it proclaimed during the uh, presidential debates, a dark winter is coming? Wasn't it being proclaimed on the great conjunction of 2020, December 21st? Isn't that what we were telling you? What was being announced from the heavens, heavens as Saturn and Jupiter conjoined and Capricornus, the goat constellation and the satanic planet and the king planet conjoining in the same place, signs in the heavens, signs in the sun, the moon and the stars. It was being proclaimed on the winter solstice, the shortest day of the year, the longest night of the year, all of it converging, telling us that wicked one is on his way and he's being announced. And now we're, what, seven days? <laughs> we're only seven days into 2021. It's over. You just can't see it yet, a lot of you. And so the clock has begun to tick. And what Babylon doesn't realize is she has an appointment in the not-too-distant future with fire because that's what God said. There's an appointment with fire. She just doesn't know it. But God has instructions for his people. What do we do? Well, pray would, would be a good start. Repent, all of us, you know, get out of your life what you need to get out of your life. I ain't joking with you, man. I'm trying to, like, lighten the load here, but there ain't nothing light about what we're talking about here. You can believe it or not believe it. It don't make no difference to me, man. I don't care. But for those of you who have ears to hear, what is God saying now to us? Let's read Revelation 18.4. Real quick, brethren, Revelation 18.4. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God has remembered her iniquity. Call is being made across the I'm about. I'm going to post this message, by the way, on our YouTube channel. It's going to go out all over the world. I encourage you, those of you who are listening, I have an Instagram channel. <laughs> Funny name, I know, but it's called at Brother Dude Marty Instagram. You want to hear us live on Sunday mornings, that's where we are. We have, uh, the audience has been growing. Our subscribers have reached uh, almost 1,000 now. Our latest uh, post from two weeks ago, almost 3,000 people listened to that broadcast. God is moving. People are out there. People are listening. People are listening to these podcasts. We're going to retool and go forward. God gave me a vision of what I was supposed to do near the end of 2019. That's what I'm going to do. And we're going forward. We're going to get this message out as much as we can for the body of Christ. But I'm telling you what God is saying. Again, go to Instagram, Brother Dude Marty. You'll find me there, and you'll find a whole bunch of videos posted there. 
We have a YouTube channel, same thing, Brother Dude Marty. You can go there on YouTube. Right now we only got three up there, but I'm going to take this message that me and my brothers are doing. I'm going to put it up there. Hopefully by the day or, or tomorrow we'll try and upload that because we got to get this message out for those who have ears to hear. They might deplatform me after that, but, you know, we'll, we'll just figure out something else. We're, we're, we're exploring other avenues, whether it's Gab or Parlor or Rumble. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're exploring many, many different platforms right now. So there's a lot going on, but we're being positioned for such a time as this. And we ain't got time to play around. And we ask for your prayers. We're asking for strength from God. This ain't easy. Trust me. I've been going at this really hard for a long time now. And, and, and now's the time. We have been positioned, that is the body of Christ, my people, God calls you. We're talking to you, too. Do what you can. You don't have to be on all these things that we do, but do what you can for yourself, for your family, for your neighbors. That's how serious this is. And, and, and if you fail to prepare, it will not be, at least within this audience, because we haven't been trying to, with all our hearts, tell you the truth. You're going to see. Clock has begun. And he tells us to come out. Come out of what? The whole system, man. Don't you realize that what's going to happen is that publicly sanctioned religious gatherings will be just that, government approved? That's what's coming. Anything outside of that won't be sanctioned. We told you a few weeks ago by the Spirit of the Lord, as we explored for three weeks, we went through the book of Acts, and we talked about the early church and where they were at. That's what the Holy Spirit was telling me. That's where we're at. And we told you about that. We told you how they had to survive. We told you how the Spirit of God led them. We talked about the time that they came into Thessalonica, and it was it necessitated a secret network that was able to ferry Paul and Silas and Timothy and Luke out of town to Berea. And then ultimately they had to get Paul by, by that same network all the way to Athens. I mean, th th this is the kind of event that we have witnessed and have been witnessing and has now culminated. And God says, you're going to need to come out of them. Don't participate in their thing no more. It's dead. It's dead. It's been weighed in the balance, found wanting, and the kingdom is now divided. It's over. But for God's people, that's who we're talking to. He says, you come out of her, my people. Why? So you don't partake of her sins. You think you've seen a filth and, and, and debauchery and naked defiance of God's established holy law? You haven't seen anything yet. She has become a habitation of devils. The first thing I read this morning is, is this great push toward the unleashing of, of all kinds of sexual rights. They're coming after your children. They're going to create uh, school systems where if you don't participate, they're going to come after you. You have no idea what's coming, do you? God tells his people, you come out of her. He told the Philadelphia church, I will protect you. He told Abraham, I am your shield. I am your exceeding and great reward. Though a host should encamp round about me, King David said, I will not fear. Why? Because one thing have I desired, one thing, and that's what I'm going to seek after, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
to behold his beauty and to inquire in his temple. Hide me in thy pavilion, O God, in the secret of thy tabernacle. Place me upon the rock of my salvation. Jesus said, if your house is built on the sand, the winds will come, the rains will fall, and great will be the fall of that house because it was built on the sand. But the house that's built on the rock, hallelujah. So let the winds come, let the rains descend, let the floods beat against it, but it will stand because it's founded upon the rock. Everything you claim to believe is about to be tested. We talked about it in Daniel. To try them, to purge them, to make them white, even to the time of the end, the wise will understand. None of the wicked will understand. And if you think you're going to be able to hold up under the onslaught of the iniquity that Jesus said would abound, you've got another thing coming if you're not consecrated and sanctified. No man is going to be able to to withstand what's coming. No one except the child of God. And God gives us instruction. Because what the ultimate conclusion of this is going to be, what the ultimate determination of the Spirit of God is going to be. And that's why Jesus said, look, men's hearts are going to be failing them for fear of what they see coming upon the face of the earth. The sea and the waves roaring, sign and the sun and the moon. We've been seeing this for so long now. And he said, men's hearts are going to fail them for fear of what they see coming. He said, but you, the redeemed, when you begin to see these things, he says, then look up. That's what he told Abraham, right? He goes, how shall I know I shall inherit it? He said, lift up your your eyes now, northward and southward, eastward and, and westward. Everywhere that you see, I've given it to you. God's children and their destiny is to be with their Lord. And this world, it is passing away. We're in the final throes of the most incredible story ever witnessed. And the devil has come down knowing that he has a short time. There was one piece that remained to be removed so that the onslaught of what the holy prophets and holy apostles, Moses and the Lord Jesus Christ himself, revealing to the apostle John and Paul and all the great saints told us would come. It's arrived. I know that's bold, but I don't care. I know. I've been in this long enough. I know what I hear. I know what I see. I've been studying these things since I was 14 years old. I'm 60 years old this year. That's 46 years. On and off, of course, but in earnest the last several years. And this is what God is saying. Now listen, let's close with this. Brother Jeremy, did you read to us Isaiah chapter 26? From the words of the prophet Isaiah chapter 26, verse 20 and 21. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. For, behold, the Lord's cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood, and shall no more cover 
her slain. Same words that he spoke in Revelation 18.4, come out of her, my people. Here he's calling his people. This is divine instruction. Enter into your chambers, the most innermost part. In other words, <laughs> be secreted away. Shut the doors around you, man. But he's telling us, hide yourself. Well, you just sound like one paranoid dude. Okay, whatever. I'm just quoting to you the Bible. <laughs> I'm just quoting the Bible to you. So call call Isaiah paranoid. Call Jeremiah paranoid. Call Daniel paranoid. Call the Holy Apostles paranoid. Go on and be stupid then. But those who can hear, God is telling us, lay low. We tried to warn you. We understand the sincerity of those people that were marching yesterday. I'm right there with you. I didn't want I don't want this to happen. Are you crazy? Who does? But we gotta be real here. I'm not talking fantasy to you. We need to walk the road of the tried and the true. Our foundation, our compass, our lighthouse, our gleaming cross on the hill, if you will. The candle set on a candle. It's the word of Almighty God. And that's what we must govern ourselves by. And that alone. I'm not talking to, to compromised people here. I'm talking to the saints of the Most High God. Trust him. Hide yourself. Hide yourself. And he says, it's going to be a little moment. But the indignation is coming. The Lord is coming to punish the inhabitants. He's coming from his place. And then finding with this in verse 1 of chapter 27, Brother Jeremy, could you read that? In that day, the Lord with his sore and great and strong sword shall punish Leviathan, the piercing serpent, even Leviathan, that crooked, that crooked serpent. He shall slay the dragon that is in the sea. The sea are the peoples of the world. The dragon is the devil who takes possession of the whole world, except for those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life from the foundation of the world. I know that's you that are listening. And if you haven't made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I would suggest strongly that you do it now. Because the days are upon us now. It's coming quickly. It ain't going to be years and years and years. I I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I mean, like every five, ten minutes, I'm expecting something to happen now. This is nuts. This is crazy what's happening. But we don't need to be afraid, right? God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but of love and power and of a sound mind. So study the scriptures. It's just so overwhelming to me. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Pray, brothers and sisters. When I mean the overwhelming part of the people, I don't even know where to start. Well, <laughs> okay, let me just, I'll, I suggest you start with the Gospel of John. How's that? Just start there. Well, you sound pretty mean, Brother Marty. Hey, I'm trying to save your life. I'm trying to prepare you for what's coming. I feel like a guy on top of the house screaming at the top of my lungs, and very few people are listening or hearing. I'm talking to the church. I know I know who's listening out there as far as the many that, that write to me. I know. 
So let's, you know, let, let's get into our spiritual boot camp, people. Let's tie those boots on real tight. Let's let's get up early and run those miles. Let, let's do them push-ups, as it were, in the spirit, right? Let, let, let's let's get let's get ready while we still have a little bit of time. Let's train. Let's be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. That's what Jesus said. Be wise as a serpent. Understand, you're going into a time now, an appointed time, where you need to be incredibly wise about what you do, what you say. I suggest you be very careful. They already have every single thing you've ever searched for on your Google, everything you've ever watched. It's all quantified. And don't you think that they're not going to take that information and bring it to your very doorstep and say, you want your wife to know about this? You want your husband to know about this? They're going to try everything. Trust me. They're coming after you. Settle it in your heart. Workout scenarios. What if this happens? What do we do? Where do we meet? Where do we go? Do you have enough set aside for your children? Do you have food? Do you have water? Are you serious? Absolutely serious. It's prudent anyway. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that God warned Noah, and he prepared an ark for the saving of his family by which he condemned the world. Be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. There's so much more we could share with you, so much more I could tell you. But in the coming days, pray for us because we're seeking God, not only for our families and ourselves, but on your behalf as well, as long as you continue to listen. We'll be here by God's grace. We love you. And understand, Jesus is coming. Question is. Are you paying attention? Are you listening? And you see. Brother Fernando, say something. <laughs> oh, I, I think you uh, you pretty much nailed it. <clears throat> it's, it's definitely serious, you know, to me. Um, these are things that I've contemplated uh, since I gave my heart to the Lord and, and began to study prophecy and began to understand um, the things that were coming. And remember this, <clears throat> God deals with families, right? Whenever God begins to speak of what's coming, he begins to speak to families. Um, I have a feeling that this podcast is, is just that. It's a, it's a podcast that's geared towards uh, households, uh, marriages, husband and wives, and, and, and their children. Um, you just spoke about Noah. He, he had a family that he saved um, mm. because he prepared himself. A, 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 a wise man foreseeth evil, and he hideth himself. He makes preparation for the days that are ahead, the Word of God tells us. Um, it was two families in the New Testament. When the New Testament opens up, uh, Zechariah and his wife and, and Joseph and Mary, God spoke to families. Understand that. This is where we're at right now. The nation has gone astray completely from the very top to the bottom. Uh, now we go into the church, the spiritual leadership, um, the spiritual leadership of this nation 
very quiet, very quiet, and they have nothing to say. So now God is directing himself to individual households, to individual families, and he's speaking to them. He's sending a precious word directly to families to begin to prepare themselves, number one, spiritually by seeking the face of God. Yes. I mean, the, at the end of the day, the church, right, the, the home was to be uh, what made up the church, not the other way around. <laughs> it's families that make up the church. Yes. And, and what you said at the very beginning is how, how, many, how many of us husbands have failed to lead our families? When was the last time as husbands we gathered our families, our wives, our children around the table? and open up the book to understand where we're at, the times that we're living in, and to warn our family of the times that are coming. When was the last time as husbands we did that? Or were we just satisfied with waking up on Sunday mornings and telling our family, all right, it's time for church, let's go? No. Church was supposed to begin in our homes. Wow. God is speaking directly to men, leaders of the home. And maybe you may find yourself divorced. Maybe you're, you're, you're a woman of God that's leading your home. And he's speaking to you to lead your children in the admonition and the ways of the Lord and to begin to open the book, begin to pray with your family. I mean, I'm talking about real intercession. Yes. And it's something that we've applied amongst each other, right, brothers? It's something that we 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 we've done with our own families. I know Pastor Jeremy does it with his family. I, I do with mine and, and as well as you, brother, where our children yeah. are, are, are 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 prophesying and having having visions and dreams and, and God is using them. You know? That that's the kind of church we're talking about that we need in these last days. You gave the warning earlier, brother. Do not go back to these churches that are not preaching the coming of the Lord. Don't do it. Don't go near them. Don't do it. You know, I don't know if churches will open again. You know, and those that are run by the state will. Yes. You know, but their message will be compromised. Yes. Do you have eyes to see what's really taking place? Are you really hitting your knees? Are you seeking God? Are you opening up the book, the word of the Lord, and asking, Lord, what, what must I do? What, where, where do I need to be? Have you repented of your sins? Have you repented of, 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 of things that are even unbeknownst to you, but God knows? And he'll reveal them to you if you ask him. Little things that keep us away from him and his presence. Yes. This is the kind of Christianity, this is the kind of walk that we're talking about here. It's not for the faint of heart. It's not for the weak. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is a surrendered life. A surrendered life. Because the time has come, brothers. 
for many that sat at the table of communion will betray him. Listen very carefully. The time has come where many who sat at the table with him, with Jesus, and took communion will betray him. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're at, brothers. My Lord. You know, for those who who saw what transpired yesterday and what's been transpiring over the last year, if you think that this is just an attack on a, on on our nation and all oh, the enemies coming against our nation, you're too late to the party because Revelation eighteen two, what Brother Marty brought out, the fact is that we're way past that. Babylon, the great is fallen. It's fallen and it's become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit in a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. That's why the plea to our families more than ever before, we need to be locked in with the Lord. And you're going to see things. But remember that is just the devil has just but a short time, but things we will see. And I want to encourage you that this will not last forever <laughs> because God is coming to sanctify his great name, which has been profaned, as Ezekiel said, amongst the heathen. They have profaned them in the midst of them. But God says, the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God. And he ends and he says, when I shall be sanctified, listen how he's going to sanctify his name. In you. Hmm. Before their eyes. Before your eyes. Let us heed to the admonition of the Lord today in this podcast. No matter where you where you find yourself today, you come across this podcast. There's good news that there's still hope if you're listening. God can still come into your life if you allow him. If you haven't made him the Lord of your heart, today is the day he's knocking at your door. If he's been dealing with you, if you've been knocking at your door for a while, open it up. Get in the ark while there's still time. Get in the ark. That ark is Christ Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Hide yourself. Hide yourself in his word. Hide yourself in his presence in prayer. Gather your loved ones. Tell them. Come in again. Get ready. We love you with all our hearts. And if you happen to stumble (laughs) into this podcast, I know the Lord has brought you. We love you with all our hearts. We pray for your souls. We pray for your families. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. And as always, Keep looking up.